So here we are back once again. Thank you for joining Working Glass Forum or over here. You know how we do it, working hard, trying to do everything we can to make sure we are um, producing some kind of value, some kind of counter perspective by which we can begin to help you enrich your perspective of the world here because that's, that's what it's all about as we go forward in time. We're just on an arc, you know, from a beginning point to an end point. And so many billions and billions of people have come before us. And the way of all flesh, you know. And right now, they, uh, according to the, uh, the Proverbs and the, and the scriptures, it's better to be alive than it is to be dead. Because in this moment, we can see the light. We can feel the air. We can make changes in the world. We can think thoughts. We can react against evil. This is the time to do it. This is the very brief moment, the quick flash, lightning, uh, where your life is flashing before your eyes, right before you die. Uh, this is it. This is the moment. This is the only moment you will get. So you have to act now. There's no time for sublimation of reality. There's no time for some kind of uh, fantasist escape, daydream that you, you know, that we have to find out what is really going on in the world because without truth without really effective directions of where to go you cannot possibly succeed in, in, in the process and in every endeavor every act of saving or every hour you spend trying to enrich your child or everything you do to try to survive in this life and carry on your family and to which are just basic instincts I and mean, you can't not just jerk awake in the middle of the night, go check on, on your on your child or your baby. When you know when when you have that kind of parental concern that, that keeps you awake and drives you and pushes your consciousness, you can't really put it away. You can't ignore it. You can't hide from it. So these are the responsibilities that we have to our families and to ourselves and to our our children and to our community. And the portrayal of that is is a magnitude of sin to such a high degree that it's, it's unforgivable. And I, I don't want to have sins that are so such a high high degree that they're unforgivable i mean that's something that i would rather die than to to find myself betraying my own country my nation my people right my god those are not things that we can just easily sweep away or rationalize so we have to take a look now in this culture that if we are people who are standing by and doing nothing while this horrific march towards tyranny and this overwhelming avalanche of evil is, is beginning to overtake the world, we as people, despite life, despite death, despite our brief moment in time that we have to walk around and breathe air and have a name, and not everyone has a name. And not everyone can walk around, but we're all here. We're all alive. We get. We have to experience the the truth of God's manifest reality, because the creation and the the cause and effect of reality and the entire cosmos itself is the evidence of God's reality. And so you can't take the creation and take life and take the molecular machinery and the genetic biology and the the, the furnace, the fusion furnace within the stars that produce all these you know atomic materials. The life age of the universe, you know, maybe billions of years, maybe 16 billion. You can't take that entire manifest exigent phenomenology and just simply 
dispel it as uh, some nothingness that uh, arose out of nothingness. That's, it, it doesn't work that way. The, the manifest reality of the infinite paradigm of God's creative power is manifest to every single one of us in every way, even those of us, even if we're Helen Keller and we're blind and we're deaf and we can, we, you know, we can barely perceive the world, we are still manifestly aware that this is a, an extraordinary center of experience and immeasurable consciousness that we're all partaking in. And we're all, you know, as a human species, we're knowledgeable and intelligent and aware enough to see that the universe has a beginning point and must, according to the principles of the physics, have some kind of end point, and so do our lives. But the amazing part is to understand the process of genetic reproduction. Even Jesus held up that little seed, that little mustard seed. He said, even with this, it goes in the ground and dies, the little seed does, and then life takes root, and a thousand, ten thousand, or a million more can be produced from that one. And the loss of that one seed is, is, is a sorrowful and catastrophic thing because that, that seed is gone, but it transformed its life into a new dimension and was able to respond to the soil and to the light and to the, and to the, the hard and raw materials and even to the grave, was able to respond to that and to rise to new life. That's what the seed, the mustard seed does. It, does. it becomes a mustard plant. And the mustard seed and the mustard plant are very different. But to understand how those things could exist and to deny them and to say, oh, the, all the, this genetic magic of life, it just, it just came out of nothing. It just came out of the void. And it really means nothing. To, to believe that is so nihilistic and insane that we, you know, why aren't we locking these people up in paddy wagons? Why do we have people going around and waxing philosophic as they decry against the almighty God and, and the, the rise, the only possible explanation for the rise of life and in this entire universe. And of course, people just don't want to believe it. They have the power to believe whatever they want and to invest their brief flash moment of life. Like it's like the life lifespan of a fruit fly, right? 90. What's that? What's 90? We're still in our, our infancy. Because this is not the place to which we were born. This is not the natural environment out of which we as a species evolved. We came here. We, we were fallen down from where, we, where our natural habitat is to this place. So I have to wear clothes. Polar bears don't have to wear clothes. None of my chickens out in my, on my little, little mini chicken farm have to, you know, have to wear any pants. Or they don't need an umbrella when it rains, right? They don't need a doctor when they peck all the weird dirt and bugs and poopy grass and just, you know, they don't need vitamins or antibiotics. Why? Why is everything else so naturally accustomed to this place? But we're just so freaking weird. We just, you know, we're like the weird hairless ape with the big brain. And, and to try to tie the rise of our existence back into the natural process of adaptation of life on this planet is absurd and that was the effort of jesuits like like teilhard de chardin right who who really executed the piltdown hoax he was he was a jesuit who had some training in uh archaeological uh what not archaeology uh 
me damn. I can't. I don't want to go ahead and learn about this jerk. Okay, I'm just going to read. What do we got? Washington Post. First thing here. Piltdown hoax said to involve Jesuit scholar. The Piltdown hoax, the most spectacular scientific fraud of the 20th century, was cooked up in part by the well-known French Jesuit Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, a Harvard, a Harvard. He, he went to Harvard, didn't you know? A Harvard historian of science has concluded, writing in the August issue of National History Magazine, published by New York's American Museum of National History by Stephen J. Gould, lays out the solid, though circumstantial case that Teilhard was an active and willing accomplice of Charles Darwin, the British naturalist who had been accused of the lone culprit in the hoax. I have found a pattern that seems hard to reconcile with this Teilhard's innocence, Gould writes, after more than a year of scientific detective work and unearthing the French priest's role in the hoax. My case is to be sure, circumstantial, but I believe that the burden of proof must now rest with those who would hold Father Teilhard blameless. Right there, I'm not going to read more of this. 1921. The hoax began in 1912 when a skull was unearthed from a gravel pit at the village of Piltdown near Hastings on the southeast coast of England. Anyway, just to speed it up, they just put a couple, uh, you know, pieces of bones together that didn't fit, and they just made this total mythological idea of a, a lake, a, a, a go-between species, a, 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 an evolutionary jump between monkeys and man. Of course, it's not there. It's completely wrong. There is no evolutionary jump. So... The point is, is that it's just been a long process of deliberately trying to write God out of academia. And the process of transferring these once profound Protestant universities of missionary uh, Bible scholarship, right? That's what Harvard and Princeton and all these other schools were, you know, even Yale was, was created to send Christian missionaries around the world to preach the gospel. You know, so now we have these... these, these supposed howl halls of higher academia they're just pervert centers of pedophilia right just justifications for uh, acting out with the most salacious and avarice and lust with uncontrolled you know physical rapine against you know innocent children and just, just the filthy behavior and the reprobate and disgusting perversity by which we see being displayed is it's absolutely diabolical and it's just absolutely heinous and we should just go to war with it on every level I think George Washington and his men would have shot their muskets at those people I think that the, the entire system in Washington D.C. is completely perverted and they're, they're going to continue to justify their they want to go and retrain all the, the FBI guys on their white guild and their and their inborn white race, racism and white rage. And, and they want to teach all the black people at the FBI how they're victims of their race. And to, to cause this racial controversy within every single institution within the government. Of course, they want to bring in the you know, transgender story hour to, to, you know, to, to every single office in the Department of Justice and in the Supreme Court. And you know, force all that crap and that depraved, disgusting, uh, nasty, uh, horrific, uh, you know, it's, it's a putrid culture of, uh, it's just a, just a profanity. We can't say enough about that, but the fact is that we're going to have this irreconcilable differences. Ultimately, you're going to see that these, these people over here cannot live with these people. 
and, and just in the last you know few generations to see the process of of demoralization like Yuri Bezmenov, as I'm not saying that right, you know, he pointed out that there's this process of demoralization. It's gotten so bad that now you have the open, reprobate, and, and pornographic displays within elementary schools and, you know, perverse LBGTQ. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to have, like, two penguin daddies in a story. It's another thing to actually, you know, show three-year-olds, you know, graphic instructions on how to do hand jobs, like... You know, like Dave Rubin was pointing out, it's just, it's completely, it's, it's pedophilia, it's grooming, and it's an over, overt attack on the innocence of the a whole generation of children. So not only are they going to miss out in a couple years of schooling, they're going to be inundated with this perverted culture of confusion and, uh, and, and sexual deviation in, in as much as that, that the, out, the outgrowth of this in the next 10 or 20 years as these young people grow up to be the people that are going to eventually lead our country and we all get old is going to lead miserably to inexorably to a decline of such staggering violence that it will be, it will be unbelievably horrifying to behold. So we have to look at the masters of academia and the masters of a philosophical uh, erudition in the world. Uh, you know, we can look at uh, Georgetown university in Fordham, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Secret handshake, right? We, 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 don't, we can look right where the princes of intellectual power who, are, who have been you know, in the process of running a world religio-cultic esoteric system of world empire for a very long time, right out of Rome, right? Right out of Rome. And so people can forget all about the, the power that that place yields over the minds of the world, but that has a massive effect. And the, the, the 30 or 40 Jesuit, maybe 60, I don't know, who's counting, uh, universities in America, high universities in America whose boards or whose um, administrations are totally c- controlled by the Society of Jesus, it should not surprise us in any way. It should not surprise us that the, the process of destroying America is really just the, the simple warfare and all war is based on deception. It's the simple warfare of the counter-reformation. Because America, of course, is based on the Reformation. The idea that we should leave people alone, we should let people have liberty and freedom, and that every single individual soul is an individually sovereign person who deserves a vote, and who deserves some kind of you know, input into the, the direction of the government, and it, 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 the entire process of creating democracy and representative government was diametrically opposed to the idea back in Europe that there was one king, he was the only person who was a sovereign, everyone else was submitted below his absolute dictatorship, and if you didn't like it, you just get your head chopped. And everyone lived under the, the, the hopefully wise, uh, you know, but human madness of whatever individual was that monarch. And so you can see, you know, h- how it is that we have a good and wise person, then you can feel smart about your monarchy, but if you have a, a foolish and violent you know, simp in, in, that takes the throne, then you, everyone will suffer, and no one gets to have any kind of input into this, or you get your head chopped. So it's the same thing with Islam. It's just total total uh, religious tyranny. So if you don't like it, and you don't want to bow down every day to Allah, you get your head chopped. Same thing with Islam. So, same thing with Romanism. You go to the Vatican. you got to listen to what the Pope says. 
He uh, determines what's true on heaven and earth. He gets to decide whether uh, you're a Christian or not or a heretic, even if you're a king. Maybe he declares you a heretic and you know everyone deposes you. That, that's the whole point here, guys, is that... And, and, and I'm really just kind of sick, too, of of like this whole St. Paddy's Day thing. I mean, just dispense making me ill with Saint this and Saint that. There's no one here on earth that gets to declare anyone else a saint. Okay, you don't get to go in the Vatican and declare Ignatius Loyola is a saint in heaven. He's sitting by Jesus Christ. You don't know that's a lie. None of you have been to heaven. Nobody in heaven listens to the Pope. The Pope doesn't declare that Ignatius Loyola sits next to Jesus Christ in heaven. And to believe any of that is a state of insanity that makes me want to just go join Scientology or Islam or something else, right? To get, get out of that. And to just believe, and, and to be forced to believe and compelled to believe. And then for this sickening superstition of Romanism to be foisted into our calendar in America, right? So that every, every, every Irishman is now a, a St. Paddy Day worshiping drunkard with a green hat, it's disgusting. It's, it makes me ill because the entire history of Protestants, uh, of Irish Protestants coming to America is, is a process of fighting against the superstition of Rome and freeing ourselves as Irish people to be people who ha- are people of liberty and people of conscience and people who have the, the right to ultimately go and worship God as our own conscience sees fit. So if I want to go become a Presbyterian and go in there and open the hymnal and sing some, some hymns, I can do that. It's my freedom. No one can burn me at the stake. No one can, no one can take away my religious freedom. That's what we had to fight for as Irish people here in America. But of course, all these morons just want to take us back into the slavery of the Pope. Take us back into the slavery of just this idea, this, idea, this, this archetype of the drunkard Catholic Irish guy at the bar with green beer. Make me puke. And it's an affront to other Irish people. You need to grow up and just just get to, you know, if you're, if you're following holidays on the calendar, it's like you're a child. You know, I don't care how old you are. You're just like a little baby three-year-old. And let me just, let me just smack your hand. And let me teach you the truth. The truth is, get your Bible out. Put away all that fairy tale. That's what it is. See, it's always, it's always some kind of like paganism mixed with Roman Christianity. Right? So you got your leprechaun, your magical leprechaun, and you mix him with St. Patty. Right? St. Patrick. He drove all the snakes out of Ireland. <laughs> right? And then, of course, the same thing with Santa Claus. You have your, your pagan mythology, and you mix it with Jesus' birthday. Right? That's Christianity. Right? And then you get the same thing with Easter. Oh, the, 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 the wrong day when Jesus wasn't crucified is Easter, because Jesus was crucified at Passover, guys. So Easter is just the wrong day. So you're going to celebrate Christ's crucifixion and the passion the actual moment when he died for our sins you're going to celebrate that on the wrong day and then you're going to e- introduce easter bunnies and chocolate which is really bad for your kids teeth it's really bad for your health but just take this poison here you go this doctrinal poison just take it in take it into your system like like shooting up dope oh oh right right in there oh i love it i gotta have me an easter bag basket and easter eggs and an easter bunny right come on you're making me ill I'm going to be as far away from that as possible. It says in the Bible, my people, come ye out of Babylon and get yourself out of there. Same thing with Lot when he left Sodom and Gomorrah. You can take part in that Sodom and Gomorrah shit. I'm fucking leaving. I'm out of there. Lose my number. Just leave me out of it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Don't hail me with happy this, marry that, happy this day, happy that day. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. It's an assault. It's an insult to me. And, and if you're not aware enough about who I am as a person to like, you know, you're not, you're not respectful enough of my own beliefs and you're just going to keep on pushing that crap on me. 
then I'm done with you. It just, I'm just so done. So I'm going to go on in, in my world of enlightenment and renaissance and Protestant Reformation freedom, the Gutenberg printing press. That's me. I'm going to read books. I'm going to have scientific knowledge. I'm going to have enlightenment. I'm, going to have, I'm just going to be in, in, a, in a world of, of freedom. You could be on the flat earth world with the Pope. Okay, I'm going to be over there with Copernicus saying how the world is a sphere. It's this large, massive ball out and moving around the sun. And, and you could be over there with the Pope and you can, you know, you can try to burn Copernicus. Oh, I'm sorry, Galileo, who had Copernicus's model. You can now try to burn Galileo at the stake, you know, with the Pope crew. But I'm going to be over there with Galileo. We're going to look through our telescope. We're going to have true erudition and knowledge. And you can go over there and try to stifle that. And you can try to carry on with your papal yeah, trash. You know, it's just, it's disgusting. I don't care if it's in every store, and every dollar general in America has a whole aisle with Easter bites. I don't care how heavy and intense the propaganda is. You have to get out of it because I'm gone from there. I'm, I've left. I'm not participating. It, did, it didn't, if you go back a hundred years or so, if you go back in time, there wasn't an Easter egg basket candies in the stores. These are Protestant, Presbyterians, Baptists, and Lutherans. They didn't practice any of this buffoonery that y'all are engaged in. They, sh- they certainly weren't drunkards. So let's just let that be. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. Everyone else, all y'all, you can abdicate. I'm going to step forward, and I'm going to take the, go ahead and just take the, uh, the golden ring for myself. Thank you very much. So just want to go ahead and just get that out of the way. But ultimately, really, the truth is, is that we're looking at a move towards global fascism and tyranny, which is staggering. So we don't have really time for these little games. And I know y'all are just going to carry on with your credit card culture and just get a plane ticket and fly over here and just pretend like life is at ease and nothing will ever change. And, and you know, as your normalcy bias begins to crumble, it will not be up to me anymore to do any more warning because I did all the warning that I could do. So this is what it's all about. I'm, I'm trying to get you to take advantage of this little bit of time that we, we have left to go ahead and get ready for what's about to happen because it's going to hit hard. I don't know if I'll survive. I don't know if you'll survive, but we have to try. We have to try to survive for our kids. And for our kids' sake, we need to fight the good fight. We need to go ahead and stand up against evil, do everything we can to show them not cowards, not hiding behind your phone and, and just going along with the COVID propaganda and whatever Fauci says so I don't have to stand out of the, I, I, you know, you have to stand out of the line. Sometimes you have to get fired from your job. Sometimes you, your friends will no longer really want to, uh, to be your friends anymore. Or if you're James O'Keefe even, maybe people will just kick you out of your company. In order to take a stand and have moral courage, you have to do the right thing, even when it costs you a lot. So if you're not willing to do that, then ultimately over the course of time, you'll be shown to be an awful coward and a weakling and a failure to do your duty as an American to stand up for the American cause, which is not to just go down with this neo-progressive liberal destruction and self-destruction and self-annihilation and self, you know, self-enforced school edicts about pedophilia, you know, pedophile school teachers going in who are men dressed as women messing with these elementary school kids. This is all so fucked up that we have to take a stand against it right now because it's going to destroy the future of our country. Even if our kids, yours and mine, are all okay, there's going to be a whole multitude. Like It's like, it's like if you go back to Lord of the Rings and they start to produce the, the horde army of the orc, the orc army, right? They're down there mass-producing the orcs. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing in the elementary school. They're mass-producing orcs 
that someday are going to be so savage and depraved and disgusting that this current movement of transgender, you know, supposed liberal thinking is just going to be like, it's going to be like child's play compared to what they, what, you know, the Sodom and Gomorrah that we're going to ultimately uh, open the can of worms on here. So ultimately, I'm going to make this fight. I'm going to make this stand and I'm going to go ahead and just say this and put the marker down now and say what I have to say to speak the truth now because you're not going to get a chance to later. It's not something that you can just suddenly to turn the ship around on a dime and we can just head back once you've had enough. It's the same thing with um, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Wow. wow. Suspiria. Whew. Now that, that really like did me in. Suspiria like took some like skin off. Like, it really it was painful. Devastating. Just the most the, 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 the height of, of movie making, right? Totally awesome. Will not wear a mask. I will not wear a mask. Right? That's where we're at, guys. So so now that all these people are taking the stand, I'm not going to wear this mask anymore, but now that we're going to tear this down, it's time for you to step in, step out of your terrible little terror bubble, and your little, oh, your concern about, your, your fears over what could happen, what people will think. It's time for you to take a moral stand for the love of God. Let's all go ahead and pull on the tug rope. Right? This is a tug of war. We're going to all pull on the rope all at once. And we're going to get rid of this situation. They're going to come. Oh, the, the, even if you don't want to wear a mask, the COVID thing is not over. No, it's over. It's over. That's it. That's the end of it. It's time to stop messing around. So we are going to get into, I'm just going to run through. I'm going to run through all the different loose ends that I've been working on. I've just got a lot of really good audio clips and videos. You don't really have the video module in there yet, but we're working on that. Hopefully we'll get that going soon. But in the meantime, information is just information. We don't need a video module, okay? What we need to do is, is begin to collectively learn together how to support each other and how to get ready for this fight that's going to take place where we're going to need each other to support each other's rights to have as much stuff as possible. We can't be running around the neighborhood trying to find a way to take each other's rights away. Oh, let me go over there and find a way to take their guns away. I don't need any guns, but let me take their guns away. Because that, that seems like, oh, I don't like, you know, I don't like these things, these violent things that are happening that are being put in the media in front of my eyes are so horrifying. Now I want to react and take your guns away. I want to take your right to your, your children away at the schools. I want to take your rights to your ability to vote fairly in elections. I want to take that all away. If, if you're trying to move now to take away the rights of all of us, you're the enemy. And it's time for the rest of the people to put a stop to you and, and knock you down in prison. You get, get rid of you. Because, of course, they're coming to imprison us, right? That's what the Department of Justice and the FBI is all about. They're running around the countryside looking for who they can imprison. They want, to, they want to stop this entire movement. They want to put President Trump in jail. They want to arrest him and take his ability, his right and his ability to go run for a president away from him. So this is not a game anymore. This has now become the, the, the full match set against the, 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 all the marbles here, guys. So if you're not going to take a stand now, you're going to remain quiet, bleakly behind your desk, not talking about it, all of it, just completely blocking it out. Then everyone else is going to make the decision for you. And you're going to have to live with it. So later on, you can't cry when your guns get taken away, right? Or your ability to have ammo. So in order to start running through my clips, I just had to go to Russell Brand. Just going to do a couple little clips from him when he's on there with Dave Rubin. We have to get ready to just have this conversation. Now we're all just the people, the regular people who are underneath the boot of the global tyrannists. And then you have all the, uh, the useful idiots and all the people that are glomming on with their masks and their, you know, in, every, in every possible way, every sycophantic way they possibly can. 
they'll they'll glom on to be to participate with the globalist brainwash and the propaganda so they can they can genuflect and they can find themselves reflecting with the people on MSNBC or whatever whatever media it is Fox it doesn't matter which one it is as long as you are sucked into that little void then you're going to be a sycophantic worshiper and you'll take whatever they tell you to take and you'll get down on your knees and you'll, you'll lick that boot. So you're a boot licker. So if you're not willing to lick that boot, you better get up now and start to fight. I'm not doing it. I don't care if they die. I don't care. I don't care who dies. People die. Everyone dies. This is not all about getting to live to be a ripe old age of a coward in your old cowardly bed. This is about the fight for freedom. It's about, I mean, look at the, the, the men who fought to make this country what it is. If we give up that now, then we have all the shame that it'll be our generation who lives in this shame of the, this cowardice. You think that China won't come in here and take us apart and put us back into slavery and send us and all of our people that will ne- we'll never see our families again. You'll never, you'll never see anything again. You get sent away to a far off land and they'll, they'll do exactly what empires have always done. And they'll make sure that we get our eyes gouged out and we, we never ever get to see our homeland again. That's what will happen. That's what happened all throughout history. That's what will happen again. They're going to come here. It's going to be a full land invasion. So just get ready for that. Get ready. Open up your mind and your awareness to recognize it's just like the Armada when, it, when Elizabeth had to go down to the beach and she had to defend with her people against the Armada. God saved England, right? God saved England. Keep that in mind. What will happen here? What will happen here when the, the Chinese, the CCP gets the entire coalition of the Saudi Arabian and they'll create peace so that Iran and Saudi Arabia and everyone's getting along great. There's going to be a coalition against America and Israel. That's it. They're going to get everybody in the world together. They'll probably get Zelensky and Ukraine ultimately to be on their team. And they're going to, they're going to create a new, a new order and they're going to destroy America, guys. It's simple as that. That's, that's why a Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party was created in 1949. Got to go back and look and how it was even set into motion. So it was formed as the, the cudgel and the weapon and the monstrous system of destruction that was, was brought to bear so that ultimately it would come. I got my roosters. Ultimately it will become the system by which the end of democracy will be brought about. So you get, all you got to do is go back to, you know, Francis Xavier. who was the first Jesuit father, you know, founding father, if you want to go over to China and to infiltrate there. Took him a long time. And the British, with the first and second opium wars, where they totally annihilated China and brought it completely heel with absolute economic total rape and destruction and chemical dependency on opium. That's just un- it's just beyond reason how destroyed that century of humiliation was for the Chinese people. So now the Chinese Communist pa- P- uh, Party has been installed by the British right? By the lords of finance, by the economic powers within the city of London over there. They made sure, they, they controlled China and they made sure that the Chinese Communist power, Party and Mao came to power. How did Mao get to power? He came to power because he was a Yaley in China. He was one of the Yale students who they chose to put in power. And the same thing happened with Scowcroft. They sent Scowcroft over there and they, they went and made peace and made sure that that system, that Chinese Communist Party wasn't destroyed. It should have been destroyed. Right, the, the Tiananmen Square thing and that, that, that never should have been allowed to happen. That repression of the people was where the Chinese Communist Party really took hold and become a, a violent, bloody, monstrous, totalitarian 
juggernaut, right? And then, of course, if you go back through and look at how the, the Clintons made so much money being corrupted by the Chinese by giving them all those weapons, and look at Biden now, corrupted by China, receiving millions of dollars. This is the downfall of America. So forgive me if I won't have any kind of like pity or soft speech or some kind of like, you know, careful uh, 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 crafting of my, of my words. I don't care what you think. This is the end of my nation and I'm going to fight for it. You can just be sublimated into whatever kind of like hogwash nonsense you want to every morning with your TV on. I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and be preparing for the, the void of the, and the catastrophe and the warfare and, and the bloodshed of the end that's coming. So just, just leave me be to it. And we'll go ahead and just, we'll just go ahead and just cast forward a decade or two and we'll go ahead and see who's going to come out okay in this. And, and, it, and it, it, it bothers me that I can't get support from, from my loved ones and my people. And I can't get the kind of simple understanding that it, it takes to understand the, the, the situation. And of course, you know, when you have no prophet is accepted in, in, by his own, his own clan in his own town, just it's not going to happen. Don't, don't go back. Don't bother with it. And so people can hold you in this, the cast of your black sheep. They can hold you forever in the form of your, your lowest moment or your, the, the, the hardest time or the most difficult challenge of your life that, that, you know, that brings you down, that, that, you know, the, the, the struggle which you had to overcome, your trauma. They can hold you there forever. But you ultimately have to break out of the, the, the conflict and the, the stereotype which others would try to hold you down within. So it's time for, your, for you ultimately to break out and to change and not to be controlled by the group think, not to ultimately be compelled by what everyone else will say about you or what, what could happen at your job. There's other jobs. You know, and it takes just a little bit of moral courage to get other people to, to see that and respect you. But if you're going to be a groveling bootlicker, then you cannot respect, you know, expect anyone to respect you if you're not willing to step out of that line. And, 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 you know, that's, that's all it is in my struggle in my, in, in this fight that I'm undertaking in order to, to share truth and to stay genuine and legitimate in this fraudulent culture, you expect that people would ultimately give you a little bit of props and give you a little bit of, you know, encouragement for your, uh, for your, for your, uh, for your difficulty. But you have to go back and look once again, at what happened to, to James O'Keefe at, at Veritas. You're not going to find anyone to help you. You have to do this alone. You're going to have to take that struggle against to be, to have this stand of courage and conviction. You're ultimately going to have to go it alone and just take responsibility for yourself, for your vote, for your nation, and not just be absorbed into the, the army of Marxist propagandists and uh, provocateurs. So I could just go on and on. So let me just go ahead and just listen to this clip. Let's listen to Russell Brand as he gets on there and just really like exposes what it's going to take to be outside the system and outside the, 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 the brainwash. That's uh, ultimately the corporate controlled media information grid by which they make all of you mind slaves, right? I don't even like listening to other people play me clips. I don't want to listen to Joe and Mika in the morning. Don't make me puke on, on my own fucking pants. I don't want to listen to like clips of Joe Biden talking. I don't even want to hear you refute it or hear how ridiculous it was. I just, I don't want to be inundated with that sucking sound that just reduces my, my IQ every single time. So anyway, let's carry on. 
what other people think of me is none of my business. You can do what you want in your mind. That's yours. Or you could even say what you want. It's none of my it's none of my business. It's abstract. But of course, like on the level of um how I actually feel, I am like all of us, I'm sure a well-intentioned person and I am optimistic about human beings and I'm trying to do something that I feel is important. Yeah. And perhaps I, I hope I'm doing it well, but of course with no way of knowing. Isn't it kind of funny, like someone that doesn't court the controversy and then you have a moment like that real time moment, yeah. which actually, why don't we just throw to it real quick? Everyone's seen it a million times. We'll throw to it. It's disingenuous <laughs> to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace and then also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country we have to take responsibility for our own perspective I, i've been on that msnbc yeah, mate it was right. propagandist nut yeah. crackery you know, on you know, there. You, i went on a show called morning joe yeah. it was absurd the way they carried Good morning on. joe yes, yeah it, i don't it. know what it was it wasn't morning there was no one called joe there no one could concentrate they didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism no one was willing to stick up for genuine american heroes uh, like edward snowden no one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he's suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, Make MSNBC better. The moment that you give me a specific example, an actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Right, just wait, 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 just specific example. tell you what the specific example I hear I'd like to hear a specific example, a provable specific example of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and were saying behind the scenes to people, this is, I'm about to go out and we know that we know that the election wasn't stolen or something equivalent, but I will go, but I will go out, I will go out on television and say the opposite. I will lie. When's my answer? Just give me a, give me the specific example. I understand the basic Give me a specific example. All right, well, I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a false equivalency. It's not about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, it was more than enough. You can't have a single actual fact. Do you want an example? Do you want an example? The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective non medicine. What yeah, is Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hasn't been clinically trialed to transition? You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America by determinedly and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? I, Did you not? Not just listen to Bernie Sanders, <laughs> someone who plainly legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices, that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And 
bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world, and the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. So you have an obligation, a duty, not to condemn these people. You weren't being a dick. I mean, that's the thing. You were trying to say something very true, something that most of us are, are we know about yeah. media and everything. But then it gets turned into like this destruction of this guy. And, and I probably even feed into some of that when I cover it on my show. Like, man, that guy kind of deserved to get wrecked. But it wasn't it wasn't really about him. You weren't trying to make it about him. That was very clear. I was astonished that uh, anybody is willing to go to the mat for that yeah. set of values anymore. But of course, I know that people are. And yeah, I don't like the idea that I'm being impolite to a person. That's not in accordance with my values. But you weren't really being impolite. You you were being passionate, right? Like you uh, weren't you weren't rude to him. I don't think. I think you were you were confident in what you were saying, and it needed to be said. Yeah, I feel we can't move forward with the conversation from uh, like they, it happens in politics, doesn't it? You know, when they say. Oh, well, this is only happening because the last administration done that. Or this is because CNN or Fox News or whatever. It's like, well, why don't we focus on what we're contributing individually? Or if we claim to be the representative of some sort of movement, class, culture or advocacy group, perhaps then we can look at how if we claim to speak on behalf of them. And certainly I make no such claim. Then we should look after ourselves and, uh, and our own conduct and because, as Gandhi said, I find I am such a sinner in my own life. I'm not confident when it comes to judging others. I try to monitor my own behavior. But I am engaged in punditry. I am engaged in commentary. So, you know, like, and as, as I said, I suppose in that conversation, it's not like I particularly align with Fox News as an institution. In fact, I have a rather colorful history with that organization. <laughs> right, 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 right. So when you were pre preparing for the show or they're telling you, you know, they do obviously... They do a pre-interview with you, or you past that point? Uh, we kept trying to do it, but I kept not doing it. I, so, kept, I kept not doing the pre-interview. Right, There's but, a pre but you knew what the topics were going to be, right? No, I knew. Like uh, what happened? Uh, they said that they were going to. They said that that might come up. Actually, they. I thought that they said we would talk about the pandemic, and yeah. then I think that they said that there was a possibility that uh, the changing nature of the relationship between Fox News and Trump would come up. And and so I suppose it was within the orbit of that topic that right. the contretemps around the distinctions between neoliberal establishment media and neoconservative establishment media was discussed. Yeah, it was so interesting because when he was trying to get you, like, give me the one, right? Like he was trying to give me give me one time that they intentionally lied. And it's like. Man, we could do this all day. Very yeah. fine people on both sides. Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. The Covington kids are racist. I mean, I do this on my show every day. You went with the Rogan one, and it's like he didn't. He just didn't have much after. He wanted to. But, suppose... but does it get to that point of of like it's weird that anyone defends it? Is that really what you think this is about? I'm starting to come to that too. That it's hard to defend at this point. I. This is where I'm at, Dave. I'm at. Why don't we now acknowledge that there are different ways of being a human and call a kind of truce and accept that there are some people, for the, for the sake of simplicity, that there are progressive ways of being a human being, there are traditional ways of being a human being, neither of those ways are wrong. Why don't we 
allow one another to express ourselves how we want to within the obvious bounds of consent. And then perhaps we can organize different alliances so that we can organize around the systems of centralized power that will elsewise continue to dominate and annihilate. Do you sense that that's happening right now? I mean, me, yeah. living, me living here in Florida, I mean, look, you know, I'm gay, I'm married, I have two kids, like, this is the freedom place. You know, they make it seem like it's the place of right wing crazy people and everything. I'm freaking loved here and I and I love it right back. Kids. No, we it was freaking Halloween. We took our kids in strollers, met every neighbor within 10 square blocks, everybody, not one weird comment, sigh, nobody cares. Nobody that's what's happening right here. Mm. I think what you're what you're calling for. Yeah. Perhaps, but, but it's not uh, happening everywhere. It, do you feel that that would um, be able to escalate through the various expressions of like every letter of the LGBTQ plus uh, <sighs> moniker? I mean, I personally have nothing to do with that whole thing. Like, I happen to be gay and I'm married to a guy and, and that's it. I, I only represent myself as I think you probably only represent Russell Brand. So when they try to put all if these even. letters... Right. <laughs> Who I'm else? Bits of Russell Brand I represent, but there yeah. are parts of that guy that I want nothing to do with. Who, who's the true representation of Russell Brand? There are so many of us. Yeah. Uh, goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Who could put a name on you when you change with every new day? There you go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that. Well, let's put it this way: if if there was a, a trans person walking around the, the town, I don't think they would be ridiculed or anything. I think people basically are just kind of live and let live. Politics is making us all kind of nuts at this point. Politics and the culture, and and I can't, I cannot see it anymore as inadvertent. Uh, it's, it feels to me that it must be a requirement of sustaining the systems of power that benefit, for example, in the pandemic, in the obvious, observable, and trackable ways financially and through the ability to surveil and introduce new regulation. These they must benefit from ongoing. Conflict, so it's a needed piece of the puzzle. It feels so to, to me to, like yeah, it yeah. is actually, and so my sense is that in like, it, like there cannot be one homogenized version of this. Is you know there cannot be a uniculture, there cannot be a unipolar world. You cannot have a new hegemonic. There must be the acceptance of um, I would say sort of a um, compatible, interconnected localized systems of governance that the as much freedom as much democracy as much community and the uh, systems of my sense is and again it's just a vague one the systems of aggregation benefit people at the top of them from agriculture through industrialization through technology whilst there are obvious benefits to agriculture to a population at large the most significant gains are experienced at the top of those systems and the amendments that are possible are not made like industrialization and even the sort of like the the, 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 the so-called white goods revolution in this country in the 1950s you're going to have plenty of time with your new dishwasher and it's like well, do we have any more time has the tech are there different ways of deploying these sets of tools or is everything subtly and unconsciously being used in the service of a particular idea that's oddly centralizing yeah peter Thiel always says you know they promised us flying cars and we got 140 characters you know in essence we've sort of stopped innovating now and we're just doom scrolling all day long remember remember back in our day when the internet stopped you'd go to a page and it would stop at the bottom oh yeah remember that and then they got rid of that so you just scroll forever and it never stops 
and you're mm. looking for more more craziness. This it's nihilistic. I kind of sense that you're you're more libertarian than anything else. Even though people are always like he's a people on the right are always like he's a lefty, but I like him. Something like that. Right? That's that's what they do with I'm Bill. The Barr. lefty you kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> that's there could be a movie in that. There's something <laughs> in that, but but. I sense you're mostly like you're you're talking about decentralization, you're talking about local communities, you're you're talking about taking power away and that kind of stuff. Like you're mostly just live and let live. I mean the the show is stay free, right? Like Yes. I suppose when people talk about libertarianism, sometimes there's the sort of is there the suggestion that we uh, do not have a duty and obligation to love and care for one another. My, I suppose I don't feel that that needs to be mandated <laughs> by a, at the end of a gun, right. that, that people can love one another consensually and that we can organise in various different publics. We can have the maximum amount of democracy, that we can honour the highest aspects of our nature, that Broadly speaking, I would respond sympathetically to a person suffering if I could see them. What I'm beginning to feel is that we have become uh, disjointed, that we have, uh, there's been an aberration from the conditions of our or origin. There's nothing in our evolution that suggests that we would be able to live in societies of 300 million people, let alone 7 billion people. Whilst that is part of the reality that right. we're on a rock in infinite space, we are also in communities. And I like that phrase that I think I heard from Helena Norberg-Hodge, uh, act local, think global. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so like we can have as much democracy in our community as possible, that we allow people to organize their communities however they want to, unless it has a negative impact on another community or that individuals within that community are not happy with it. And that we have to accept that there are many different ways of being human, traditional ways, new and emergent ways, new roles, new identities, allow people to be who they are, allow people to have as much democracy in their schools, as much democracy in their uh, in even law and order or be demo democratic in my country for example i heard like i, I respect very much people that work in services because I, I understand the value of sacrifice and i have friends that are working their police force thank god and like i, I feel that wouldn't it be good if the forces of, uh, you know, even law enforcement is a phrase that's got some, that, you know, as a true uh, anarchist libertarian that I have some issues with, because who do you mandate to, you know, because the relationship between sovereignty and the governed has traditionally been, you give us taxes, we won't get, you won't let you get killed by bandits right. or whatever. But me That would be the basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know those bandits, they could get you at any time. Yeah, give us some of your money and we'll protect you from it. But what I feel, Dave, is that uh, it would be nice if there were consensual policing, consensual governance, you live in the area, like it's a sort of localism. Like this phrase, there are supposed, do you have like particular phrases and ideas that have sort of stayed in the sphere of your awareness for a long while and they start to become part of your personal philosophy? In my case, when Gandhi said at uh, the point of Indian independence, this is a country of 70,000 villages, each one should be fully independent, trading only where necessary, running and governing themselves. There's no point in us kicking out the British, then replicating the very institutions that mm -hmm. they installed. Mm -hmm. And it seems that we are doing this now globally, sets of institutionalized power, whether they're corporate or state, that don't allow ordinary people to have very much freedom. It's interesting because you're, you're basically, I think, selling me from an American perspective, you're selling federalism. I mean, the idea that the states should basically do everything locally and that we should have some structure above that, but it should probably be way weaker than this crazy structure that nobody believes in now. That is completely ineffective and probably very authoritarian. Oh, if that that's the way that you term it, then yeah. certainly. So I, federalism, I, I, the idea that the states basically, I'm as a Floridian, 
everything that goes on with my life should have to do with Florida and the laws of Florida. The U.S. government, the federal government, should have basically yeah. nothing to do with me except guard the borders and you know a couple of make sure the states aren't at war. A couple of other things like that. Yeah, leave everyone alone. Yeah. I suppose you're. It'd be uh, nice for you guys to have that in the UK, huh? What about? I suppose. Look, the point of the state is obviously supposed to be in order to prevent external attack, military. I mean, or gargantuan corporatism. You one needs a state that can support the collective will of the people that elected them. Now, given that the for some time, and this would include both, uh, in my view, both administrations, both political parties, that they're so damn near to equal that to quarrel about which one is superior would be, I would consider, literally a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even now after COVID, because I would agree with you for, for most of, I think we're roughly the same age for most of our lives, yeah, but I think something shifted in COVID where it's very, very clear, like the Republicans ain't, better. they ain't great, but like they're much That's less the locked the Democrats in make those. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't great, but you get this healthcare. Yeah. Oh yeah, we ain't great, but we were bearing COVID. Right. Look, we ain't great, fuck off. Fuck off then. Yeah. Let's but go we for stayed, great. We stayed open here. It's, it's why I moved here, right? Like that's, that's something. That's something. Sure. Thanks for something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You know, like that's, uh, that's, yeah. I can't get hard for that conversation. Yeah. For like, oh, is it a bit better? Right. And that really was I'm the out. point with when you were doing the Fox News MSNBC. Yeah. That was the that's, same. That is the point. That was the same point. Yeah. yeah. It's like, let's do better. Like, because also, like, you know, if I always feel like I'm on the precipice of the Pinker conversation of, do you know that so many people have been pulled out of poverty and, <laughs> and things are so great now? Oh, really? I must be imagining all this terrible misery that I'm seeing everywhere. All of this despair and nihilism and desperation. I must be imagining it. I must be imagining a spiritual void at the very core of our culture because I've just seen now that you've told me that there's never been as good I know like you know I respect yeah. uh, Professor Jordan no, Peterson yeah. you know, throughout history people are like you know, that, but for me that's apology that's not bold enough people this is it the old idea is dead the new ideas must emerge it's going to require new alliances it's going to require new conversations if we are unwilling to have them we're going to experience new forms of authoritarianism and centralization it's already happening both political parties have been co-opted by the same corporate forces they will behave in the same way now i know that in my understanding is that you have um you know like that you uh, ron DeSantis, that you're like down with ron DeSantis, and i don't know very much about him except i feel like i read like about that uh and like giving good deal in the lever the other day giving good deals to the energy folks and subsidizing things you know like i don't feel like anybody that's operating within that system is capable of genuinely representing the will of the people. And I'm not saying like, that Ron DeSantis is particularly bad, but no, and I know he's super popular here. I know right. people love him. And I, I would say he's particularly good here. I he, know. He's an aberration, but I get your, your broader point is that if you're still operating within the system that has existed. The system itself. That, that it's you actually can't irrelevant. Get, right. So, the, so yeah. I fully accept that. Right? Yeah. And also, I don't think I don't think any politicians, whether it's DeSantis or if you brought back George Washington, I, I don't think they're gods. They're just people, right? Right, so, yeah. So yeah. he's operating within a system. Yeah. I would say he's, he's the best that we can get out of this system. And has he's done an awful lot here. Like we, I guess have, I we have no crime, we have no basically, you know, no homeless people, we have uh you know, we stayed open, we don't mandate vax, like all the stuff that all we're of asking those things for, sound yeah. great, but you yeah. know that there would be people from the other like you know, if yeah. John Oliver yeah. he's writing stuff or watching you now, yeah. they would be saying, uh, excuse me, wouldn't they? And they would be
So that was a fascinating discussion by Dave Rubin and Russell Brand. And obviously, we'll add the notes into the episode here. But we're moving kind of fast. We have a lot of material I want to just kind of blow through. And so here, we're just going to listen to some more of uh, Steve Bannon. And of course, we disagree with him about a lot of things. But the things that he's saying openly uh, into the microphone are things that uh, are really compelling the, the popular sentiments of all the people. It's, it's, we're at a point where we're reaching a, a vox populi, as the worm likes to say. And we're getting to a point now where we have to understand the, the conflict and the battle that's coming forward and facing America. So this is the information. A lot, a lot of these individuals aren't here or, or doing this exposure. Uh, what, what Steve Cortez used to call strategic reality. Of course, he's no longer really with the war room. He's kind of George joined DeSantis crew. But the point is, is that we have to have as much information as possible. And, and often we have to go to these individuals who are Fordham graduates, Georgetown graduates, and we don't know their motives. We don't know why they're propelling this information that's so forbidden, it's so verboten, it's so uh, repressed uh, you know, by the other side. But these individuals are going to come out and expose this information and make it p- uh, plain to us. And we have to, to work with that because otherwise we would be in total a complete information blackout and total uh, intellectual darkness if we couldn't have these reports and have this information. So for that reason, we're going to go ahead and just carry on here and expose as much information as possible. The important, the signal in this story, every one of these bank records, every all of this was known to the administrative state, to the deep state. Remember, all the all the all the turning on Trump, all the fights on Trump, everything's so hard. You had you know Patel here the other day. All, all all these massive fights, all of this information is what Comer and this committee have been able to wring out of the administrative state that they couldn't hide, like over Treasury. This is why you saw MTG. And MTG's not there today because her daughter's graduating from college. She's on the oversight committee, but she's been a big player in this. All of this is known. All of this is about, this gets back to uh, Natalie's comment about the CIA. That's a new element in the story. That's a massive element, a massive element. Remember, the hard drive from hell, the hard drive from hell gets there in, they basically, Ray and, and Bill Barr, get it in in December, November, December, I think December 9th of 2019, 2019, when, when Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are kind of at the top of the, the game in, in this, in this, uh, in the, in the um, primary, that Biden finishes, what, fifth in Iowa and fourth in New Hampshire is out of it a couple months later. Everything that was presented today is what Biggs and MTG and Chairman Comer and all these were able to ring out, able to ring out of the administrative state. Your government, Chris Ray, Bill Barr, this information has been there in Treasury, at the FBI, the CIA. Do you think they don't know and haven't known what the Biden crime family was doing and setting up all this? And doing all this, this is the point. This is the key point. Comer and these guys are fighting a battle upstream. What did she just say? They're going to tell the FBI director, the DOJ, they are locked. They are, they are like a Praetorian guard around an emperor of Rome. 
to not allow any information, at the same time weaponizing lawfare against Donald J. Trump, the tribune of the people. This is exactly like ancient Rome. You have a tribune of the people that represents a populist movement, that represents the people, and they will do anything to destroy him and pull any tactic to destroy him. And yet it's a Praetorian guard around a Praetorian guard around their selections. Like the Praetorian guards selected all the emperors in Rome. Short break. It's going to be uh, a little hot in the war room today. Strap in. Back in a moment. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no war. Let's take down the CCP. So you belong with Wendy's Boutique Limited. This is another awesome commercial for Wendy's Boutique Limited, our awesome sponsor here. So you got to go to wendyslimited.com. We have awesome Prada purses and Hermes jewelry and all the finer things in life. If you have a fine woman, a fine woman in your life, fine women in your family you have to take care of. They have to have the most beautiful things. You need to go to wendyslimited.com. Wendyslimited.com has all the best and most exciting uh, designer couture and uh, fashion trends anywhere. The hottest luxury boutique, Wendy's Boutique. You got to go check it out. Wendy'sLimited.com. And of course, a supporter of American freedom, uh, women owned, uh, family operated business, 100% American. You have to check out Wendy'sLimited.com. Bravely supporting us over here on Looking Glass Forum. Wendy'sLimited.com has everything you need to be fashionable and to be sporting some incredible style. Best discounts, boutique supremacy online with wendyslimited.com, wendyslimited.com. 